Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. I just want to say a quick prayer before I start, and then I'll, I'll go into what I've been studying about this past few weeks and what I wanted to share with you guys today. Um, so, Heavenly Father, we just thank you and bless your holy and matchless name. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing us all here today, Lord. Every single person here, Lord, you brought them here on purpose. Even me here um, was on purpose and for a reason, Lord. I just pray, oh Lord, we just welcome your holy presence. Holy Spirit, you have your way in this place. We pray for an open heaven over this place. Father, Lord, let your light light up this place, oh Lord, and drive out all darkness, all distractions in the name of Jesus. Soften every heart. Holy Spirit, flow through me. Let them not see me, but let them hear your voice, Lord. We just give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So um, I'll be talking about, it's called The Great Physician, emphasis on great physician. Um, And I'll be reading from Mark 5, 24 to 34. But before I start, I kind of want to give like a preface before I read the scripture. And at the moment before this scripture starts, so Jesus was out, he was ministering and, you know, um, healing people. And at that point, uh, one of the leaders in the synagogue, Jairus, came up to Jesus and said, um, my daughter is sick. I want you to come and lay hands on her so that she'll be, she'll be well. So he said, okay, let's go. So that's where we start on, um, on verse 24. And it says, so Jesus went with him, Jairus. And a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman with had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many years from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Um, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her, of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this, this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So as I was reading this, there were so many things that I felt the Lord was pointing out to me in this scripture. And I have a pretty like, imagine, like a vivid imagination. I like to visualize what I'm reading. So I like, whenever I read the Bible or I read a book, I'm like actually seeing what's happening and I just kind of put myself in that, in that uh, situation. So I wanted to kind of illustrate what I was seeing um, with this particular scripture. So we have this woman that had this issue of, of bleeding. And it doesn't necessarily say, was she bleeding every day? Or she was, I mean, they didn't say the details, but we know she had this issue. And let's go back, we know this was 12 years, let's go back to a year, let's go back to the first month when she started having this issue. Of course, you're like a little alarmed, like, what's going on with me? I need to go to the doctor and get some tests and, you know, do some labs and whatever. 
And I'm sure she did that because we can see, you know, from the scripture, she spent a lot of money on, on doctors and doing all these labs. So after a few months, some of us, it might even happen earlier, you start to get into a state of frustration. You start, it starts to play a psychological role on you. Like, okay, what is going on with me? I'm spending all this money. Nobody's giving me any answers. I'm not getting better. I'm just losing money. I mean, what is going on? Can somebody please give me an answer? Give, let me know what, why this is happening to me. And so month after month, and a year goes by, and then the next year goes by, and then the next year goes by, and now that frustration is, is turning into something else. It's turning into hopelessness. It's turning into helplessness. It's turning into just being dejected and despair. Like, am I ever going to get better? How come I'm doing all this? I'm doing what they're telling me to do. I'm not getting better. Something has to be wrong with me. So you see this lady, and she's kind of transforming over the years. She's turning from a, hmm, what's this? So I'm frustrated to now at year 12, she's just, she's helpless. She's hopeless. She's like, well, I guess this is the, the hand that life, life gave me. I'm just going to have to deal with this, and this is my life. You know, nobody can figure out what's going on with me. So, she's, so you see her, and she's helpless. And then the scripture says that she spent all that she had. So it didn't say that she was homeless, but I, I, it makes me think, was she homeless? Was she, did she have a home? Where, where did she live? If she spent all she had on all these tests and all these labs, what kind of life was she living? But we know that she was not financially stable. She was having financial issues. She was trying to make ends meet. So not only was she helpless and was she hopeless, but now she's also like in, has a financial burden. She doesn't know how am I going to take care of myself. I spent all my money on all these tests, on all these labs, or these medications over the years, and nothing's getting better. So we know that that's part of the picture. Then medically, she has this issue of blood. And for those of us who don't know about anemia, when you have this chronic blood loss, you start to, depending on how low your blood levels are, you can present with blackout spells. You can be fainting because you're not getting enough oxygenation throughout your body. So any small movement is tasking for you. It takes everything out of you just to get up and to walk a few yards. It's not easy as if you were healthy and vibrant and walking around. You have to think about, okay, I need to walk over there and, and do something. I need to go to the kitchen or I need to walk a few feet and put this in the trash. You know, something simple takes a lot of mental effort. So she was most likely very, 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 very weak. She couldn't walk. You also have, you're pale, you have hair loss, you're dizzy, you're just weak. So mentally she's weak, physically she's weak. And then she has this social thing, this embarrassment that at any moment somebody could see that I have this issue of blood, that I'm bleeding and I, it's going to expose me to the whole world. So you have this psychological thing where you're afraid to go in public because you don't want anybody to know that you're dealing with this issue. So she has all these things, and who knows how exactly or when exactly she heard about Jesus, but somehow she heard the buzz about Jesus. She heard of the buzz about a man who's healing people, that's touching people, and they're, they're being healed. So wherever she was, she thought in her head, okay, all, all this faith rose up in her, and she said, if I can get to Jesus and just touch the hem of his garment, the edge of his cloak, 
then I can be healed. That's a great amount of faith because there's so much significance in her saying the hem of his cloak. It's this the bottom of your of your cloak. It's not he, she didn't aspire to touch his shoulder. She didn't aspire to grab his hand. She aspired just to touch a little piece of clothes on the on his on his garment so that she can be healed and that just confirms that she was number one very weak. She was very at a lowly state. She was in a low state and she was like if I can just muster up my strength and get to the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And we can see that when she eventually came up behind Jesus, somehow, somewhere, she got to Jesus. And we know that that took everything out of her to get to Jesus, to get to his hem. It took, it took all her strength, all her energy to get to Jesus. So when she did finally get behind him and touch him, we know that her faith touching his garment Power fl flowed from him, and he so much so that he had to stop in his track and turn around and said, "Who touched me? Who? I felt power leave me, and I thought that was so powerful because it was her faith connecting with Jesus that resulted in that power flowing. Because I'm sure there were so many people that were touching Jesus in that moment. If you've ever seen a crusade or saw one, see one on TV, you know how massive those crowds are. And I can, that's what I think of when I think of when Jesus was ministering and all those crowds of people around. I just think of a crusade and how there's just people all around him and they're just touching him saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So people were touching him, but that particular touch was so powerful because she touched him with all the faith in her body. Everything in her, she mustered up all this faith and touched him. So I was, I was it just kind of showed that our God... Jesus wants our faith. He wants us to believe in him that he can do what he says he can do. If I can bring it down to earth and give you guys an everyday example. <laughs> so when you go to your physician, your human physician, you have to have a level of faith in that person. You have to have a level of faith in their knowledge and their skills and their abilities. Otherwise, you're not going to listen to a word they say to you. You won't let them do surgery on you. You won't let them do touch you. You won't let them, you just, whatever they're saying is just going to go over your head and say, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. So if you don't have that faith in that human person, you're just going to do whatever. You're not going to see any results, any changes in your, in your health. And so it results in both of you, the patient and the physician, are frustrated. You're frustrated because nothing is changing. Everything is the same. Nothing is getting better for you. And that physician is, is frustrated because they're like, if you would just listen to me, you would see things get better in your life. Same, so imagine Jesus, our great physician. He says, if you just believe in me, if you just believe in me, but a lot of times we just, in our heart, we don't just believe in him. A lot of times we, we just speak good Christian words. We quote scripture. We like, by his stripes, I'm healed. You know, you just say all the words. You know how to speak the right words. But deep down inside in your heart, it's far away from him. Your spirit and your words are not connecting. Your faith is not in those words. When you get alone by yourself, you're just like, mm, that was just a nice Bible story. But he's not really doing that nowadays. Like, he's not, that's not happening. That was just happening in the Bible time. It's not really happening now. Or, you know, I'm a, I, I sinned too greatly in my past. So this sickness this, that's going on with me is because God is punishing me because of 
the sins that I did. This is him punishing me. And I just want to say that that's a lie from hell. God can never punish us. He doesn't punish us with sickness. He doesn't punish us with disease, any kind of bondage, because that goes directly against why he sent his son down to earth. He sent his son not to condemn us, but to save us, to loose our chains, to set the prisoner free, to give us sight, to make the blind see that he came here so that we will, not, we will no longer be in bondage. He didn't come here to keep us in bondage. So I remember during my... Um, my 21-day fast, the Lord kind of gave me a picture in my mind, and it was just really quick, but in that picture, I saw a whole bunch of people. It was just a lot of people, and it was every nationality, every tongue, every person, and then there was the Father. Even though I couldn't see him, I could see him, if that makes sense, (laughs) and he was looking down on the people, and he was just smiling, and he was just, you could just feel like his heart was bursting over all the people. He was just looking at them and he was just like, you know, he could just see that he was so proud of all the people that were there. And in that moment, he reminded me that I love you all because you're mine. I just love you. I love you because you're my child. Imagine when you have your child and you see your child. I'm not a mother yet. One day, one day I'll be a mother. But when you first see your child, your heart is bursting. You're like, oh, my God, I love this child so much with every fiber of my being. Imagine our father in heaven. Imagine that love that you feel towards that child, but a thousandfold. That's the love that he has for you. And I think a lot of times we have to understand how much God loves us to have faith in him, to know that his heart for us is good, his his mind towards us is good. He doesn't want any evil for us. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above. So when we understand that his heart for us is good and that he loves us, then we'll be able to have faith in him and believe that, God, I'm coming to you. We don't come to his throne as illegitimate children. We are legitimate children in the kingdom of God if we believe in Jesus Christ. So we come to him and we know that, God, you love me because I'm your child. I'm your child. And there's nothing I had to do special for you to love me. So you can, you'll answer me when I come to you. So I, I believe that the Lord is just encouraging me and all of us just to make sure that our heart is not um, hardened and that we come before him in faith. Mark 6, 5 through 6 says that he could not do any miracles there, meaning his hometown, except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. And if you kind of go up a little bit above this, it talks about how the people in his hometown were like, isn't this Jesus? Jesus from across the way. Like, we know his mom. The co- we know his mom. He knows his dad, the carpenter. They started naming his brothers. Like, no, they, they knew the whole family. They were like, who, who gave him this authority to heal, to heal people? And they grew offended toward him. Let us not have an offended heart towards Jesus. Let us keep our, our heart open and soft towards him and have faith in his word and in who he is. James 1, 7 says, those who doubt should not think that they'll receive anything from the Lord. And I know when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, let me make sure that I believe that you can do this, Lord, because I don't want you to just pass me by, you know? So you have to think that he, he can do it for you. 
And Hebrews 11:6 says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So that just tells you there that if you come to him and you believe him, he will reward you in your earnestness and your, in your, in your hunger to come to him. Um, Jesus is funny to me because while I was studying for this, he started dropping YouTube suggestions in my YouTube uh, video thing. And this lady popped up in my YouTube suggestion, and I, her name was uh, Catherine Coleman. And some of some you guys, some people know her. I have heard of her, but I didn't like know her. And so I clicked on the video and started watching. And there's this powerful woman of God that starts preaching, and I'm like, wow! I'm like amazed by her. But the she, she was so sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and there were so many healings that would take place in her in her um, in her. Yes, crusades, thank you, <laughs> in her crusades. So I think that the Lord was just reminding me that he's still moving, that healing is not a thing of the Bible. He's still doing it today. Even, I mean, the Holy Spirit was, is in align with everything because even the praise reports, it's just, it just was a reminder that God is still a healer, that he's still the great physician. So um, that brings me to my first point, which is Jesus, the great physician, requires our faith to activate his power as we can see from the, the woman with the issue of blood. Um, the second point I have is that Jesus, the great physician, is the only healer of our souls. Um, there's no human that can do that part. He, we need Jesus to heal our souls. We are all in need of him. We all uh, have a sinful nature and, and need redemption from that sinful nature, especially since the fall of man when Adam and Eve, when they fell in the beginning, we all we need to be saved from that. And it's sin is innate in us. And if you don't believe me, just observe a child. <laughs> I, I love children. They are, uh, they are precious. But you can see that struggle with the flesh and sin at a very young age. You'll tell them, don't do this specifically. Don't, don't do this. But something in them still wants to go and do that. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's that struggle with the, with the flesh and sin. They still want to go and say, well, why is she telling me not to do this? Like, I have to go and figure out why she's telling me not to do this. And the other thing is that they love the word mine. And, you know, other than no, they love mine. They're very self-contained in their world. It's all about me, 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 and don't disrupt my world, you know, don't touch my toy, don't touch my food, you know, it belongs to me. And that's why as parents, we teach our children, first of all, sharing is caring. And then you teach them right from wrong. You teach them good and evil. You teach them order and rules and to submit to authority. Because if you, if you don't, you have a child, a, 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 a adult who cannot function in society because there's, like I said, order, there's order in the kingdom of heaven and there has to be order here on earth. And we have to follow the order of the, of the land. And if you don't teach that to a child, they're going to grow up in that sin. They're going to grow up in that sin. So I say all that to say that sin is in us and we are in need of Jesus. But he made it very, he, he did all the hard work for us. He came down, he died for us, he rose again in victory. And now we have the promise of eternal life just by believing in him and believing in that he came and died and rose again. 
John 3, 14 through 16 says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And Romans 10, 9 uh, 9 through 10 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it, it's, oh, sorry. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So those two, two scriptures shows us that if we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, and Jesus came down and he died for us, and if we confess with our, with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then we will be saved. He made it that simple for us. He did everything. He, did it. he came down, he died, he, shed his, he bore the weight of our sin and our shame on his shoulders. I, don't, I only can't even imagine what my punishment would have looked like if he hadn't had died for me. I can't imagine what that looks like. I don't even want to imagine that, what that looks like. Because, honestly, all of us would have faced that punishment if Jesus hadn't come down and, and, and saved us. As you can see, life is fragile. I mean, we all saw Kobe Bryant died recently. Life is very fragile. We're not promised tomorrow. And we face a real judgment when we, when we take our last breath. But thank God that he came down and he saved, and he saved us from that damnation and that condemnation that would have been our own fate. So um, back to this faith concept is that, again, number one, we must believe in Jesus Christ. So let's imagine that we went to our great physician's office. And so how would that look like? Like I told you, I have a, a vivid imagination. So imagine that it's just this room that is white. But the white is not the type of white that hurts your eyes it's, it's a, but it's a bright white light. And you walk into that room and then, but you don't see anybody, but you just, you just see this white room. Then you start to hear this voice and it sounds like the voice of many rushing waters. And it says, hello, my daughter, hello, my son. And you say, Lord Jesus, I profess that you died and you rose again and you reigned in victory. And I believe that with my whole heart. And he says to you, well done. You are saved. That's all you had to do. You, you, that's all you had to do is confess that with your lips. But I have a prescription. I have two prescriptions for you to do while you're on earth. And number one is to continue to believe in my name, Jesus Christ. And number two it is to, to walk. Um, I'm sorry. I lost my page. Number two is to love one another as I've commanded you. It's pretty simple. We speak, we confess that Jesus is Lord, and then as we live on this earth, we live a life of love. And because we know that while we're on this earth, we're like Jesus. We are his representation here on the earth. And 1 John 4.16 says that, and so we know and rely on the love of God, that the love God has for us. God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in God, and God is in them. So we know that when we live in love and we live a life of love, God, God's presence lives within us. 
And every time we encounter somebody, we pour out that love to that person. There are so many people that are hurting, that are depressed, that are just in need of just feeling like they are seen and they are loved. And if we, if we at the church can walk and walk in that love and show that love to people, people won't feel the way that they feel. They'll know that there's, first of all, there's a God in heaven that's looking at them and used you to bless them and used you to pour out his love to them. So be mindful that, of that, to love other people. So the, uh, the last point is the greatest healing our great physician did for us was the healing, was healing us from the disease of sin. Our faith is no longer death, but we have a promise of eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he already did the hard, like I said before, he already did the hard work for us. He's the greatest example of agape love. His love is just, nothing can compare to that. Nothing at all. Salvation is free. And when we believe in him, we have a promise of eternal life in him. So don't harden your heart to Jesus. He's our healer. He's our redeemer. Make sure he has a place in your heart. Nothing is hidden from him. He wants to be invited in. And he wants to change. He wants to change your life. He wants to change your life and so that you can live in him and full of him. Um, I just want to pray and as I close. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I, I bless your holy name. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the words that you release from me, oh God. You know who that word was for. You know who that word touched in this place, Lord. I pray that we all just remember how much you love us. We remember how much you just look at us and you're proud of us and you love us because we are yours. I I pray that you help us to remember, Lord, what you did for us on the cross of Calvary how you bore our guilt and our shame on your shoulders. Thank you, Lord, that we don't, we're not, we don't, we're not getting what we deserve. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to the throne now because of you, Jesus, as legitimate children and not as illegitimate children, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you, when we pray, you hear us. We just honor you. We bless you. We worship your holy and matchless name. Father, Lord, we just thank you, Father. We just glorify you. All this we, all this I ask and pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.